Happy Sabbath. And uh, I, one question. Is the theme song growing on you? Huh? It's growing on me. It's just beautiful. And it's so amazing to, to somehow make that a reality in our lives, to really need God every moment of the day, every hour. Oh Lord, I need you. And friends, have you noticed that God desires us to be needy of Him? And have you, do you like needy friends? <laughs> I don't like needy friends. But this is the thing with God. He desires us to be needy of Him. Isn't that beautiful? This is the God that we serve. An amazing God. A God is way above and beyond our imagination. And, uh, and I know that, uh, that Catherine has just prayed, but this is week of, of prayer. <laughs> This restoration of prayer. So let's, let's be on our knees once again. And let us ask that that need will continue to grow. And that we'll see him for who he is. Let's turn to the person beside us. And let's uh, offer our prayers to him. Before we go into our time of prayer, let's, let's sing the song. As the deer panteth for the water. Let's bow our heads. Dear Father, we pray that you will be alone our heart's desire. Lord, please teach us to worship you. May this be not just our prayer, may this be our experience. For we ask all this in the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus, and with the anointing power of your Holy Spirit, all your children say, Amen. Amen. So friends, this, this morning we have established that uh, giving praise to the Lord is a serious business in His sight. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Who among you here had a newer or... A blessed insight right now in praising God. And friends, you know what? It's just, there was one time, uh, a testimony. Because I had been leading out in, in prayer session, even in all-night prayer. By the way, who among you here has experienced all-night prayer? P- praying through the night. And, and it's, it's challenging, but it's a blessing. But you know what? For those of you who have experienced the all-night prayer, there's one thing, there's one thing that I, that I was thinking that there's missing. Because all night prayer, we pray for each other's problems, we pray for each other's burden. And then somehow, the Lord has been speaking to my heart, like, I need to do something more. And last year, it was the start of December, and, and I was in Michigan, and the Lord somehow convicted me to make, make a different approach in all night. It was not all night prayer, it was just like four hours of prayer, but four hours, man, that's, that's a challenge. And my prayer partner, who's new to this, I'm thinking, Jem, how am I going to survive in four hours? And I said, don't scare me. And you know what, friends? The Lord convicted me to just focus on Him, focus on His character. And we studied the character of the Lord, and that four hours went by so fast. And I think, wow, this is what it really looks like to be in His presence. And everyone who were there did not even utter their their personal burden. But at the end of it, I asked them, who among you here experienced that the burdens were lifted up? Everyone raised their hands. Friends, we've discovered something <laughs> that has been always in front of us. <laughs> the importance of fixing our eyes on Jesus. Can you say amen to that? And so friends, again, as we have established this morning, that it is very important for the Lord, for us, to be intentional in praising Him. And this, this afternoon's talk, actually I have a different talk. But I, as I was resting at Carissa's place, and shout out to them, they're watching. 
as I was there, the Lord changed it. And, and when God is the one who orchestrates everything, it's just amazing. And you see it connect. And I did not see the connection until the Lord placed it before me. And now, friends, remember, we talked about the importance of praising. Now is the importance of really giving Him the praise and the glory and not take it upon us. And all the while I thought, before as well, that's not very much of a serious business. But listen to this, friend. Listen to this. It says here, in Signs of the Times, March 31, 1890, paragraph 4, the frail, defective, the frail, defective beings of earth should not take one particle of honor to themselves. Wow. The worker of God, the worker for God is to be clothed with humility, for Christ has condescended to be his helper. So friends, this talk is actually was, was inspired by one of the uh, Sabbath school lessons that we were studying. And I was just sitting in, in this Sabbath school lesson. It was not my church. I was just visiting. And then the one who's leading the conversation, the discussion, he opened up about, about the captivity of, of Israel to Babylon. And he was talking about the cost. What cost it? So we opened our Bibles in 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 1 to 4. And let's jump, let's jump to verse 3. It says, Surely the, at the command of the Lord, this came upon Judah to remove from his sight, meaning their captivity, friends, because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done. According to the sins of who? Manasseh. Who is King Manasseh? The wicked king. The longest reigning wicked king in the history. 55 years, friends. Just imagine, 55 years. Longest reign. But while he was saying this, he was pointing the finger to Manasseh. There's this still small voice in my heart, and I know it was the Holy Spirit. He was wanting me to point out what, what I was but I was not comfortable because it was not Manasseh. There was something there, the very root of it, which seemed so simple. The very root of this captivity. I would point my finger to Hezekiah. Remember Hezekiah? Let's, let's look back a little bit. The Lord told him, prepare, prepare yourself. Set your house in order. You will die. Hezekiah prayed, Lord, please, please, Lord, extend my life. The Lord gave him 15 more years. Friends, one thing that I realize when the Lord says so, let it be. Those 15 years is the years where King Manasseh was born. That was the year. And... And you know the whole story. But let me read to you what happened, friends. So it says here, remember, when that powerful, powerful miracle, what was the miracle? Not just of his healing. The evidence that he asked that the Lord has heard his prayer. How many degrees again? Ten degrees. Just imagine, friends, ten degrees going back. And there's the land that worships the sun. The Babylonians, they saw something that moved their God backwards. Thinking, whoa, there's somebody more powerful than our powerful God. And they were intrigued. So they sent spies 
They, spent, they sent ambassadors, friends. They sent ambassadors to investigate what was happening. So listen to this. The king, this is a mouthful, Merodak Baladan. The king Merodach Baladan, upon learning that this miracle had been wrought as a sign to the king of Judah that God of, the God of heaven had granted him a new lease of life, sent ambassadors to Hezekiah to congratulate him on his recovery and to learn, if possible, more of the God who was able to perform so great a wonder. His purpose was to learn of the God of Hezekiah. That was his main purpose. He was intrigued that the God of Hezekiah is more powerful than his God. He was, was he interested of Hezekiah? No. Was he interested about the healing? Maybe. But he was more interested of the powerful God of Hezekiah. That's the reason why he sent ambassadors. Listen to this, friends. The visit of these messengers from the ruler far away, from the faraway land, gave Hezekiah an opportunity to extol the living God. How easy it would have been for him to tell them of God. How easy would it, would it have been? He, has, he just had to tell his testimony. I was about to die. I prayed. And the Lord granted it. This is the faithful God that I serve. Friends, I believe this is one thing that we should practice. Practice continually and intentionally practice declaring the goodness of your God. And when the opportunity comes, it'll be easy, it will be natural. It'll just be breathing. Like, let us practice bragging about our God. Let's stop bragging about ourselves. Friends, and this is one bragging that is acceptable. Bragging about your God. And listen to this, friends. But pride and vanity took possession of Hezekiah's heart. And in self-exaltation, he laid open to the covetous eyes the treasures with which God had enriched his people. The king showed them the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices, and the precious ointment, even his essential oils, he presented it. And all the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasures, there was nothing in his house, nor in his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. He showed everything except God. He showed off everything except his powerful God. Isn't this a sad thing? He talked about everything. How oh, I graduated with Magda Cum Laude honors. I was best in speech. Friends, he showed off everything, and not God. That's found in Isaiah 39, verse 2. Not to glorify God did he do this, but to exalt himself in the eyes of the foreign princes. In the eyes of the foreign princes. Friends, there is this something in us that really wants to be seen. Really wants to be seen. And I know it's not us. It's the enemy who wants to, to somehow expose that thing. And it feels good, doesn't it? Huh? It feels good. He entices us to, to like this. But my dear friends, let us pray that we'll abhor it. Can you say amen? And I remember one time, oh friends, I don't know about you, but uh, every time I see or hear my recording, I could not last a minute. Do you love to see the recording of yourself? Huh? You feel disgusted, isn't it? Seriously, let's talk about it right now. 
like one time I was I was thinking like, wow, a lot of people said amen. Let me go back to that to that sermon. I went back. So, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> My grammar is so wrong. It's I'm not even funny. <laughs> Friends, all those things are self-consciousness. Huh? And then one time, one time, I was preaching somewhere, and this lady who came to me, and she was almost crying, said, Brother Jem, I finally meet you. You just don't know how, how big of a blessing you are to me and my family. Your sermon in, in, in such and such a date in this church really changed our lives. I'm thinking, praise God, praise God. But at the back of my mind, let me watch that sermon. So when I went back, I was thinking, maybe I have improved. Maybe I have developed my skills. Friends, I watched that sermon in five minutes. I was disgusted. And I realized it's only by the grace of God. It's only by the grace of God that He uses my babblings into a blessing. Friends, I don't watch my sermons anymore. I learned my lesson. If you don't want to feel icky, do not rewatch your sermon. Friends, this is the thing that I realize without God, we really are nothing. We really are nothing. And I don't even want, I don't even want to think about how good I am because without God, I don't have any goodness in me. Oh, again, friends, the frail, defective beings of earth should not take one particle of honor to themselves. Remember what Jesus declared in John 3 verse 30? Or, not, not Jesus, but John the Baptist. He must increase, but I must what? But I must decrease. And friends, listen to this thought here. And I did not even, I did not even fully understood what, what had happened until, until I read this. This is from Patriarchs and Prophets 479, paragraph 2. God shut Moses out of Canaan to teach a lesson which should never be forgotten that he requires exact obedience, that men are to beware of taking to themselves the glory which is due to their maker. Wow. So friends, taking the glory for ourselves is a serious matter in the eyes of God. Let us move on. So, all the good qualities of men that men possess are the gift of God. Their good deeds are performed by the grace of God through Christ. Since we owe all to God the glory of whatever they are, or let me read that again. Since they owe all to God the glory of whatever they are or do belongs to Him alone. Can you say amen? amen. It all belongs to Him. And it says here, it is a perilous thing to praise or exalt men. It is a perilous thing to praise and exalt men. For if one, becomes, if one comes to lose sight of his entire dependence on God and to trust to his own strength, he is sure to fall. Friends, praising man is setting him up for failure. Wow. Praising man is setting him up for, for failure. If you love praises, my dear friends, we better pray. We better pray. We are setting our, ourselves for failure. Friends, we could not handle praise. Would you agree? Yes. Say amen. amen. We could not handle praise. If we, if we receive praise, this little head grows. And when it grows, you know, it, that's just one destination. It has to go down. Yep. 
Huh? It has to go down. And friends, we could not handle praise. Only God could handle praise. So give Him back the praise. And you know what the Lord desires for us, for us to have instead of praise? He wants you to have joy. So give Him the praise and enjoy the joy that He wants to give you. Can you say amen to that? Oh, friends. It says here, it is impossible for us in our own strength to maintain the conflict. Remember the great controversy that we are in right now. And whatever diverts the mind from God, whatever leads to self-exaltation or self-dependence is surely preparing the way for our overthrow. Friends, in the times that we are praised, that's the time we easily let go. Did you hear this? In the times that we are praised, that's the time we begin to realize, I'm good. I'm just not good. I'm better now. And the moment you see that there's something worth looking at yourself, those are the times that you begin to let go of your hold of God. That's the reason why, my dear friends, it's a serious business to take the glory from God because God desires to protect us. Can you say amen to that? Because this is who He is. A beautiful God, a wonderful God. It says here, the tenor of the Bible, I love this, the tenor of the Bible is to inculcate distrust of human power and to encourage trust in divine power. Wow. This is what the Bible is all about. He desires for us to lean on Him. Remember our theme song, Lord, I need you. The Lord desires for you to be needy of Him. Friends, I'd like to share with you a, a testimony. It's funny because the person that was there with me is here right now. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll not point you out, maybe. <laughs> I was asked to do a podcast. I was asked to do a podcast. Anyone here has heard why they did that? No. So I was asked to do a podcast of why they did that. And I said, okay, sure. Although I thought it's an interview about my, my testimony. I said, okay, testimony, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm comfortable about that. And then I have not actually listened to the podcast. So I arrived there at Weimar. And uh, my friend Dean Colonnane asked me, so Jem, have you listened to our podcast? I said, oh, I'm sorry. I don't even know what podcast, podcast is. <laughs> I'm... And technologically challenged. So he gave me two of those podcasts. So, and I was busy. I was doing a week of prayer with the high school. And then, so he was expecting that I had listened to it. And I had not listened to it yet. So friends, on the day of, of the recording, he asked me, so Jem, who's the character in the Old Testament that we will do a Bible study on? I said, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Bible study. He said, yes, this is a Bible study podcast. I said, you need to tell me. He said, did you listen to the podcast? I said, no, I have not. That's why. Jam, this is a Bible study. And I said, brother, Bible study is not my forte. That's why, that's why I went to AFCO. <laughs> Friends, you know what? I could join a Bible study. I could, I could, yes, yes, I have an opinion with that. But giving my own Bible study, my dear friends, my knees are shaking. So I'm, I'm telling him, bro, can we cancel? And he said, no, no. And I'm thinking, Lord, I, I pray, please take me out of this situation. <laughs> Friends, I was praying for a calamity during that day. <laughs> I was praying for a blackout. I was praying for a storm. I was praying for malfunction of, of equipments. 
but the Lord did not hear my prayers. Now it was time for, for the podcast. Friends, I was so uncomfortable. And I told him, brother, brother, please, please take over with the whole thing. I will just agree in whatever you say. <laughs> and, the, and the interview went on. And friends, while we were doing the podcast, I hit so many walls. I hit so many walls. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, this is going to ruin their ministry. <laughs> Seriously. And then we hit a very bad wall. We hit a very bad wall. And, and I, could not, I could not get out of that corner. And they were, they were encouraging me. I said, Jem, Jem, just go back to your, to your last point. I said, I can't. Just go back to the verse that you read a while ago. I said, I can't. I said, why? And all I could say is, I want to pee. <laughs> Actually, it's recorded. Christian is still there. And I, I was just like feeling so cold and they don't have a bathroom there. So I went out in another building and in the middle of the cold, I ran to the other building. And when I came back, friends, I could see them really literally rolling the floor laughing. <laughs> they were replaying that. They were playing that recording. I want to pee. I want to pee. I want to pee. I'm thinking, my career is over. <laughs> And their career is over too. But I was just like, I'm thinking, oh Lord, oh Lord, how is this going to happen? And after that was done, friends, I had another prayer. Lord, may that file be corrupted. <laughs> Seriously, friends, I was praying that. I was praying that. And, and I'm thinking, I dread for the day that it will be published. <laughs> and friends, make long story short, that was September, isn't it Christian? September. And then January came. First Friday of January, my brother Dean Collinane gave me a text message. Hey, bro, your podcast is about to come out this week. I'm thinking, they're about to publish my shame. So you know what I did? I did a social media fast. I shut myself out from all social media. Nothing. And during that Friday, I was just dreading that day. And then my sister Melody, Melody Mason, gave me a, and she was trying to, to somehow, what's this, take me attention. And then she was calling me, I guess, in Messenger and all, but everything was off. So she called me on my phone, said, Jen, I've been trying to contact you. Where, where are you? I said, I'm just here. I said, have you watched my Instagram story? I said, no, I'm... I'm fasting right now. Why? Uh, I'm just fasting. <laughs> and then he said, you have to check my Instagram story. Why? What's about Instagram? your Instagram story that could not wait? He said, I'm sharing your, your podcast and something. <laughs> Sis, please don't promote my shame. And then she told me, she asked me, have you listened to it? I said, no, and I don't have plans to. <laughs> said, you have to listen to it. But before you listen to it, watch my story. And friends, I watched her story. Her story, she was like recording herself, promoting and even crying. Promoting my podcast. And said, you will really be blessed by this. And I encourage you. I'm thinking, what are you talking about, my sister? <laughs> friends, while I was listening to the podcast, I was, I was forced to listen. I, I was intrigued now why, why she was crying. I was intrigued. In the first few minutes, all I could hear about was my mannerism. 
And now you will hear it when you hear the podcast. I have a mannerism of, of responding, like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And I'm talking to Dean. And I was just like, hmm, hmm. And I was saying, Jam, shut up. I want to listen to Dean. And, and later on in the conversation, Dean began to reply to me, hmm. Mm. I'm thinking, you see, you have infected Dean. Now he's having that mannerism. And all I could think about was my self-consciousness about my mannerism. And the Lord rebuked me. Stop and listen to the message. Friends, at the end of the message, I actually cried. I actually cried. And one by one, I, I hear, I look at, I look at my, my inbox and there were a lot of people telling me, Jam, this podcast has been a blessing. It really brought me to a point of really seeing what God is doing in my life. And I told them, you have to know the whole story. You have to know the whole story. Because it was supposed to be garbage. And God turned it around for gold. It was supposed to be a trash. But God turned it into a treasure. Friends, that's one recording that I could listen again and again. Because I know for a fact that it wasn't me. Praise God for the skills of Brother Christian. Praise God. <laughs> but I know for a fact it was, it was all him. And friends, our God is in the business of recycling. Isn't it amazing? That's why all glory should go to Him. And the Lord showed me there. The Lord showed me there, gem without God. You are nothing. Really nothing. And when people begins to praise me, friends, you just don't know how, how it makes me uncomfortable now. As a sanguine, oh, I love praises. But now understanding all this, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, no, 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 no. It's all you. It turns my stomach. And I praise God for He has changed my palate now. It's all because of Him. Now, I'm so humble. <laughs> I just lost it. <laughs> what a good setup, and then I lost it. Friends, we could not even say that we are humble, can we? <laughs> Everything, every good thing comes from Him. We have nothing to brag about. Can you say amen? amen? But we could brag about him. Oh, that's a beautiful God. And friends, remember David. We talked about, this is a very good setup as well, because we had a beautiful background of David this morning. And now I could see the Lord's connection. And I just realized it now. Let's talk about David. It says here, remember when David was, was planning to... to to make a census of his tribe, I'm thinking, what's the big deal? Yeah, we, we do check attendance, and we are not somehow being plagued. But why David? Listen, friends. With a view to extending his conquest among the foreign nations, David determined to increase his army by requiring military service from all who were of proper age to affect this it became necessary to take a census of the population. It was pride and ambition that prompted his action of the king. This would tend to still further, this would tend still to further, whew, again, this would tend still further to foster the already too great self-confidence of both king and people. The scripture says, 
Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. It's from First Chronicles 21 verse 1. You know why? What's the big deal of all this? This is the reason. But the increasing of the army of the military resources of the kingdom would give the impression to the surrounding nations that Israel's trust was in her armies and not in the power of Jehovah. Did you hear this? And from someone who relies everything to the Lord. Now, his focus is on his resources, not on the God who wins the battle for him. It's not because of the armies, friends. It's not because of the armies that they win the battle. It's because of God. Can you say amen to that? And friends, most of the time, most of the time we forget that, especially, especially in times of victories, especially in times of success, we begin to flex in front of the mirror. Yeah, it has grown. We do. It's good to look back and say, wow, yeah, it was my skills. We're not saying it, but we're thinking it. And this is what's happening to David. And, and friends, you know the result? The land was smitten with a plague. 70,000 in Israel died. Remember he was given a choice? It's like conquest in the hands of his enemies or retribution in the hand of God. He chose the hand of God. And when he saw that his people were dying, friends, this is what happened. Then David and the elders of Israel who were clothed in sackcloth fell upon their faces. Because you know what, friends? He saw David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. Isn't it a scary picture to see? Angel magnified in his in his vision and friends what David did was to humble himself before God friends I realized there had been a lot of moments that we have taken the glory from God and we have not bowed down like David bowed down before God there have been a lot of moments that we should have bowed down before God and said Lord please forgive would you agree can you say amen friends there have been a lot of moments. And, and, and friends, one thing that I see here, one thing that somehow, the, the, the conclusion that I see in, in the life of David is if, if we have failed and have basked in the glory of God, it should be His, or somehow enjoyed it, the answer is humility and repentance. The answer is humility and repentance before Him. And now let's go to Elijah. Friends, one story in the Bible that I could not make sense of was the story of Elijah. Like why a prophet that has just experienced a very powerful victory got depressed? Hmm? And then some people will tell me, because he's a human being too, Jem. He's a human being too. Remember, a lot of people are telling us that. And I'm thinking, if that is the answer, then I'm doomed. If it's just a human being too, what am I? If Elijah got burned out, what's my chance of not getting burned out? But friends, listen to this. I could not make sense of this until I read this thought. 
But a reaction such as frequently follows high faith and glorious success was pressing upon Elijah. He feared that the reformation begun on Carmel might not be lasting, and depression seized him. He had been exalted to Pisgah's top. Now he was in the valley, while under the severest trial of faith. But in this time of discouragement, with Jezebel's threat sounding in his ears and Satan still apparently prevailing through the plottings of this wicked woman, he lost hold of God. And now this is the answer that I was looking for. Listen, he had been exalted above measure. He had been what? Exalted above measure. And the reaction was tremendous. Forgetting God. Elijah fled on and on until he found himself in a dreary waste alone. Wow. The exaltation of Elijah is what draw him to that state. And I was sharing this. I was sharing this to, to our devotional. And one of my friends tell me, but Jem, it's, it's God who sent Elijah there. I said, No. God will not ask him. God will not ask Elijah in 1 Kings 19 verse 9, What are you doing here, Elijah? If God sent him there. Can you say amen to that? Remember when he was in the cave and saying, Lord, please take my life. He wanted to die. Friends, it was not God who led him to run away. Can you say amen to this? Do you agree? Just a little logic. If God is the one who led him, why would God ask him, what are you doing here? And friends, this, again, I like to go back to that beautiful a couple of verses. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Let's read that again. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean on under thine own understanding. And the most important line, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Friends, one thing I had, I had shared with you this morning is the Lord will not lead us in the road to depression. The Lord will not lead us into the road of burnt out. If we will just be leaning on God. I was talking, I was talking to Michael and Josie while driving here. I said, Kuya, do you get, ever get burnt out? I said, praise God, no. And you know the reason why? It's not that I'm strong. I know I have muscles. <laughs> yeah, right? It's not about that. I'm the weakest of the weak. You know what's the secret? It's leaning to God the way a child leans to his father. Do not say yes on an invitation unless God approves of it. Unless the Lord says so. Because if God approves of it, he will be your sustainer. It will not be in your own strength. It will not be on your account. It will be in his account. And if it's on his account, friends, that's unlimited resources. That's unlimited strength. That's unlimited power. Can you say amen? amen? Oh, praise the Lord, friends. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will not lead you to the road of depression, being burnt out, hopelessness and discouragement or road to failure. This is the God that we serve. A very simple thought. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. And friends, when you are exalted, sometimes acknowledging Him is blurred out. When you're exalted, you take the glory. Like, mm, 
No, don't acknowledge him, acknowledge me too. Friends, the moment self gets in the way, everything is blurred. And that's when burnout begins to happen. That's when depression begins to go down, downward spiral. That is a simple reason, friends. Did you see what I see now? Elijah's situation. But friends, look at this. Why this is important? Because the Lord doesn't want us to bask in the glory that should be His. You know what the Lord desires for you to bask in? Listen to this, friends. The glory of the Lord is the joy and blessing of all created beings. When we seek to promote His glory, we are seeking to ourselves the highest good which it is possible for us to receive. When we give God the glory, my dear friends, He gives us the highest good. Can you say amen to that, friends? Oh, and our confession of His faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. Our confession of His faithfulness is heaven's chosen agency for revealing Christ to the world. That's why, friends, that's why it is so important to declare His goodness because that is a proof to the people who does not believe that God is alive, that God is faithful, that, that God is good, that our God is amazing. Friends, I'd like to end this, this thought here. Uh, a few more paragraphs, 15 pages. <laughs> Don't be scared. It will go fast. It's only a few. Listen, friends, what could have been? Why was it important for God to somehow give the glory to Him? For us to give the glory to Him? Listen, friends, the visit of the ambassador to Hezekiah was a test of his gratitude and devotion. Had Hezekiah improved the opportunity given him to bear witness to the power, the goodness, and the compassion of the God of Israel, the report of the ambassador would have been as a light-piercing darkness. Did you hear this? There could have been a revival in Babylon. There could have been conversion in Babylon. Like a light-piercing darkness. Imagine this, friends. That's what could have been. They missed out of seeing God because Hezekiah deprived them of that opportunity. By lifting himself, God was covered. And friends, it took the captivity for God to be lifted up in Babylon. What happened was, Daniel and his friends were the ones who lifted up Jesus in Babylon. How was, that, how was that possible? Because in the reign of King, King Joash, when he did a revival, when there was a GYC in Jerusalem, <laughs> there were four converts. And those four converts was brought, was brought to Babylon. And they're the ones who lifted God up didn't need to go that far. There could have been a revival right there and then in Babylon. Oh, and the next one, Elijah. Oh, listen to this, friends. I did not even saw this before. Listen, had he remained where he was, had he made God his refuge and strength, standing steadfast for the truth, he would have been shielded from harm. 
Friends, listen, 850 false prophets plus Ahab's whole army could not touch Elijah. He could have been shielded from harm. If he acknowledged that fact, like, Lord, you're the one who protected me. Three years of famine you have provided me. If he continually acknowledged that and the victory that was given, Lord, it was all because of you. If he kept on repeating that to him, he would have been reminded to stay put. He would have been reminded not to run. And listen, friends, if he stayed where he was at, the Lord would have given him another signal victory by sending his judgments on Jezebel. And the impression made on the king and the people would have wrought a great reformation. It would have wrought a great reformation. Friends, this is the reason why it's a serious business to take the glory that belongs to God. Because it costs souls. It stops revival. It stops reformation. The glory that should belong to God should be given to Him. Can you say amen, friends? Can you say amen? And friends, the Lord desires for us to receive joy, remember? And this reward of joy from signs of the times, this reward of joy does not wait until our entrance into the city of God. But the faithful servant has a foretaste of it even in this life. Wow! That joy, that heavenly joy, we could start experiencing it here. Who is on board? We could start experiencing it here by giving the glory that should belong to Him. Mm. You know what, friends? I'd like to end this by, by giving to you Satan's delight, Satan's joy. Listen, this is his, his highest delight. If the children of God, especially those who stand in positions of responsibility, can be led to take themselves the glory that is due to God, Satan exalts. You want me to read that again? Listen, if the children of God, especially those who stand in positions of responsibility, can be led to take to themselves the glory that is due to God, Satan exalts. He has gained a victory. It was thus that he fell. Thus he is most successful in tempting others to ruin. There is not an impulse of our nature, not a faculty of the mind or an inclination of the heart, but needs to be moment by moment under the control of the Spirit of God. Every fiber of our being, my dear friends, needs to be under the control of the Spirit of God. And it says here, There is not a blessing which God bestows upon men, nor a trial which He permits to befall Him, but Satan both can and will seize upon it to tempt, to harass, and destroy the soul if we give him the least advantage. Whether it's a trial or a blessing, Satan will take advantage of it. And friends, the sad thing is, we always lose hold of God. Not in times of trial, because in times of trial, we know that we need Him. Most of the time, in times of trial, we are drawn to our desperation. We are declaring, Lord, I need you. But in times of success, in times that our prayers are answered, that's when we begin to question, do I really need Him? Because now I got what I want. Because now I got what I prayed for. My dear friends, the Lord desires for us to perpetually need Him. And you know what, friends? If we need Him continually, 
we will have Him continually. Why do we have to live without Him? Why do we have to live unplugged from Him? We could stay plugged in and have continuous power. Can you say Amen? You don't need to recharge when you're already plugged in. And listen to this, friends. Therefore, however great one spiritual light, however much he may enjoy the divine favor and blessing, he should ever walk humbly before the Lord, pleading in faith that God will direct every thought and control every impulse. Well, isn't this beautiful, friends? It's not just needing Him. It's pleading God. You have to direct every thought. And what? And control every impulse. Friends, here we could see that without God, we really are nothing. As the world is telling us to follow your heart, my dear friends, no. The heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. The Lord desires for this heart to be surrendered to Him. If there's something that we need to be praying for, is that, Lord, increase my need of you. Show me my nothingness. Amen. And friends, you know what? This is what we're talking about a while ago because when, when we talked about like neediness with God, dependency on Him, it looks weak in the eyes of the world. Huh? It looks weak, especially for men. Have you noticed, friends, that there's not much man prayer leaders? I did not even realize that when I joined in this prayer ministry, I'm surrounded by women. <laughs> and tall women. <laughs> I'm thinking, where are the men? And I was leading out a Karen group, a Karen group, and, and they told me, Brother Jem, you know what? We could not make sense of a prayer leader before. We have choir leader, we have youth leader, but prayer leader, what that is? Friends, when we talk about prayer leader, we were always thinking about women, or maybe in their 80s, <laughs> wheelchair. Those who could not be active are the ones who are in prayer. And I realized, friends, we have given prayer a very, very low estimate. Friends, I realized later on that if us men are not leading our family, our ministry, our church on their knees. We are not really leading them. Amen. If you are leading it on your own strength, you are leading them to failure. If you're leading them based on your own gifts, my dear friends, you're setting them up for failure. The only way to lead is this. The only way to lead is to admit, I cannot lead you. God has to lead us. Amen. I don't have any ideas, but God has. Amen. I don't have any strength, but He has. Amen. That is the only way to lead, friends. Just imagine if all our board meetings are wrestled on our knees. You know how fast board meetings would be? You know how amazing the results would be? Because it's, it's God is going to take over. We still stand in His way. We still think that we can do it on our own. We were trained. We had a doctor's degree. 
We have the PhD. We have the master's for it, my dear friends. <laughs> Refer to the great physician. <laughs> Refer to the master of masters. And if there's any temptation for us to take the glory of God, may this song be an inspiration to you. And sorry to disappoint you, I will not sing. But I will just read the lyrics. In Christ alone will I grow glory, though I could pride myself in battles won. For I have been blessed beyond measure, and by His strength alone I'll overcome. Oh, I could stop and count successes like diamonds in my hands, but those trophies could not equal to the grace by which I stand. Second stanza. In Christ alone do I glory, for only by His grace I am redeemed. For only His tender mercy could reach beyond my weakness to my need. And now I seek no greater honor in just to know Him more and to count my gains but losses to the glory of my Lord. In Christ alone, I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. Friends, let this be the declaration of every soul here. In Christ alone. Can you say amen? amen. Friends, life would be more joyful. Life would be more powerful if God gets the full glory. Let's give it to Him. Can you say amen? amen. Let's, this time, I'd like to ask those who are able to, to be with us here, come. Let's, let's end this Sabbath on our knees, friends. Come. And for those of you who have trouble kneeling down, you could, you could at least pick a, a nearer seat to join us. Come, friends. Let's gather together. And this is one thing I'd like to encourage each and every one of us. As much as possible as we could gather our families, our ministries, our friends to come before God's presence, let's do so. Can you say amen? amen? Because we know for a fact that soon and very soon, even our freedom to get together will not exist. We have bought a short time to do this while we are still here, while we're still in the spews. Soon and very soon, we'll be doing this in the caves. Soon and very soon, we will be doing this while running away, but rejoicing. Can you say amen to that? Yeah. And you, didn't know, you just don't know how, how privileged we are, how blessed we are that we could do this. Some other countries, they could not still do in-person worship. Already almost two years, and yet they're still in Zoom. And now we're here. We could do this. And we're not even grateful sometimes about it. My friends, soon and very soon, soon and very soon, we'll be really rejoicing in the presence of God. And, and if we practice it now, I know it will be joy when the time comes. Let us bow our heads. Father, Lord, you have been so good to us. Your goodness, Lord, we do not deserve. Dear Father, this afternoon, this evening, we just want to end this week by giving you the praise that you so deserve. Amen. So Lord, I pray that may you, 
may you compose the prayers in our hearts that our lips will be able to utter it. And Lord, we know that heaven is joining us right now in the season of praise that we're about to give you. Father, I'd like to begin this. And friends, let us, let us agree with each other by saying amen. Can you say amen? amen? I'd like to begin this. Dear Father, we praise you and we thank you that it's only you who could handle glory and you're the God, the giver of joy. And for that, Lord, we praise you. Indeed, dear Father, you have been so faithful to us even though we have not been so consistent in our faithfulness towards you. Lord, today, we just want to spend a few more minutes in our seasons of confession, asking, Lord, for your forgiveness, especially for the moments that we have taken the glory from you. Your Father, I'd like to begin this by asking you, O Lord, to please forgive me. Forgive us as a church, Lord, for basking the glory that should not be ours. And Lord, most especially, we'd like to thank you for you have promised, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Amen. Lord, thank you for the abundance, measure of your Holy Spirit that will be poured out this week. And not just this week, but the following weeks, O oh Lord. We give you back all the praises, the glory, and the honor, dear Father. Dear Father, we praise you and we thank you for what you have done, what you are doing right now, and for the great and amazing things that you're about to do. We give you back all the praises, the glory, and the honor that you so deserve. Lord, we love you, and we praise you. And we pray this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus. All your children say aloud, Amen. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.